Hey, fall means family farm fun, and Bywater Farms Autumn Fest is back. Check out the new attractions like the Big Country Coaster, our Jump Zone, Jumping Pillows, and Rosie's Ponies. Or visit some favorites like the Pumpkin Canyon, the Five Acre Corn Maze, and the Spooky Farmhouse. Hay rides are included for everyone with tickets. And while you're here, get some homemade fudge, fried apple pies, and apple cider donuts. It's all there at Autumn Fest, now through October 31st at Bywater Farm in Georgetown. For more info, go to www.bywaterfarm.com. Following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. on trusting you when you've been cheating and spending your nights on top who keeps on saying that he still wants you when you're through running around and who keeps on loving you when you've been lying saying God will, but I won't. And that's the difference between God and me. Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. This week, joining us, Adarsh Meshru, Philip Sexton, Mike Johnson, and our host, Tom Dupree. So, the first time, I'm trying to remember this, who this was, that they, 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 he saw Lyle Lovett, looked at him, and said he looked like a French blues singer, whatever that looks like. And then when he heard him sing, he said it was something else. It was just magical. And uh, this is an earlier one of his albums. I really haven't followed him that closely. I mean, what about you? No, no, I haven't. Yeah. I mean, he's a pretty remarkable musician, and he um, has had a huge following for many years. But... Now, is he also an actor sometimes, or is that Randy Travis? I get him <laughs> confused. I think Randy Travis is an actor at times. Randy Travis, and who's the one that was in um, Sling Blade? Dwight Yoakam. Dwight Yoakam. Yeah, was he, Dwight Yoakam in he, Sling he's Blade? In, he's been in several movies. Dwight, well, what Dwight was Yoakam. he? Yeah, he was, he was the, the, he was the, the father, the, ass, or the, the abusive, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, he's from Pikeville, or Pike County, or he's, or it might be, it might be Floyd County, but he's from Eastern Kentucky, in the Pikeville area. Yeah, he's been in several movies. He was in uh, this comedy with Vince Vaughn and se- several of them. He's 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 pretty entertaining. Yeah. All right, so let's jump in. Um, the world was upended by nine eleven, but the rules of Wall Street held steady. Uh, this is an interesting article. Uh, the World Trade Center towers collapsed on a Tuesday. Six days later, attention shifted a few blocks to the south of Ground Zero to the New York Stock Exchange, where an aftershock was expected. All eyes will be on the market Monday morning, Andrew Barry wrote in the trader column of the September 17, 2001 issue of Barron's. It's first after the terrorist attacks of 9-11. U.S. trading had been halted from Tuesday. The first plane struck the North Tower at 8.46, less than an hour before the opening bell. Through Friday, the longest closure since World War One. And it goes on to talk about this and, uh, you know, it, Obviously, we were already in a nasty market. So the market had already broken in April. And what was amazing uh, was the strength that it had exhibited uh, going into late 99 when everybody thought Y2K was going to tank the market. The market rallied all the way through December, pretty much throughout the year 2000, but began to crack. I'll never forget 
I was I used to watch Bloomberg TV in the mornings, real early in the morning, six o'clock. They had some stock on there that nobody knew what it was, but it had the right stuff in its name. Um, it was at eight bucks. It had closed at eight bucks the night before, and and people said, "Well, this is this or that." It was just on Bloomberg at six o'clock in the morning. I went in to check the the quote on it. Like when I got in around nine o'clock, it was at sixteen. <laughs> wow. You know, and uh, that's what stuff would do. You know, it would just pop, and of course, it probably went to zero, like a lot of stuff did. Right. But uh, so anyway, you guys jump in with this. The it goes on to talk about the the performance for the week. Uh, so the Dow uh, dropped a then record six hundred eighty four points on September 17th, and then it ended the week down 14%. The S&P 500 fell 11.6%, and the NASDAQ was off 16% for the week. Um, but on the same issue, uh, of the same Barron's issue, um, they wrote that uh, there's good reason not to panic. Uh, it said share price of generally proven resilient following cataclysmic events like the outbreak war or assassinations and terrorism. Uh, they looked at 28 different crises from the fall of France in 1940 to Pearl Harbor, the Kennedy assassination and the Gulf war. And it says virtually the entire loss uh, in reaction to such an event was typically made up in three months later time and materially outstripped six months later. So you, you think of, you know, obviously, we're just talking just the market. We're not talking everything else that has shifted since 9-11. But just from the market standpoint, you look at that short-term horizon, the week following, you know, all the uncertainty, the knee-jerk reactions of the market. But when you step back and you look at where the market was then, where the market is now, and it's it, it shows the resiliency of companies of the market where well it, i mean but yeah companies but also the investing public because right. sometimes the stock market is totally out of step with what's going on with the company right and and the the big point is to take a step back from these these disasters that happen again from an investment standpoint take a step back and look at the big picture you know opportunities when the market drops that's an opportunity to to buy things a lot of the time um you look at you know 2020 uh what happened then you know opportunities abound in those kinds of environments and it's important not to get caught up in the the mania of selling uh in in those scary times um to to keep a level head to keep a long-term focus uh for an on an investment portfolio right yeah and i think from a historical standpoint uh this article i picked some stuff up that uh, i didn't know um before and and that it was the longest uh shutdown uh from a market standpoint uh that we had seen uh rather interesting when you think about you know you're you're you've got that happening with uh the first attack on u.s soil since um by by an outside place since the the you know the country was formed um and then you've got you're rolling right in from that to a time when you, the, the tech bubble starts to bust and so it already had. Yeah, and it's at the very beginning of, of that. And so it kind of puts things into perspective for you a little bit when when you're able to look at kind of the past and, and past events when, yeah, the um, the virus caused the, the economy to shut down, which, again, that's that's a first. Um, and you, you had the highest volatility uh, index reading ever. Mm-hmm. But you also, when you when you look back at 2000, when all this was happening, honestly, that that's probably a much scarier time because I mean that was months upon months of just continuous beat down by by the market, 
um, if you were, especially if you were in like the NASDAQ with, with a lot of the tech names, um, you know, it, it kind of helps put things into perspective. And, and if you're able to look at the past and see, well, we made it through that, it kind of gives you a little more. Why do you think the uh, market downturn was so protracted in 01 and 02? I'd say it's because, uh, you know, that in hindsight, there was obviously a bubble in the late 90s in tech stocks. Uh, and the move that preceded the downturn, you know, was a, was one of the most parabolic moves we've seen in the history of the stock market, where uh, in in uh, basically a year, a little over a year, the the Nasdaq doubled in a short period. You know, such a short period. Uh, so in in towards the end of nineteen ninety eight, there was a twenty percent drop in the market, and then going into ninety nine, and uh, the market peaked in March of two thousand. Uh, we basically saw the Nasdaq double um, and it was a, a classic bubble where it didn't matter if the companies had any earnings, you know, if they just had a dot com after their name, uh, the stock doubled, tripled or more. Uh, now, the magnitude of the bubble was such that it took 17 years for the Nasdaq to get back to where it was uh, in the year 2000. Uh, it peaked in the year 2000 and then there was... Uh, it bottomed towards the end of 2002, started moving up again. The NASDAQ did. And then we had uh, 08, 09, uh, when it finally put in a bottom. Uh, and same for the S&P 500. So basically, the bear market did last for a long period of time. But if you were uh, a young investor who was still making contributions, then it didn't really matter. You could have kept contributing. Uh, if you were an older investor who was um, uh, relying on their, uh, you know, portfolio for income, uh, in that case, uh, ideally you didn't get caught up in the bubble because even though uh, the Nasdaq was in a bubble, post uh, 2002, when markets bottomed, when the S&P Dow and Nasdaq bottomed, there were many sectors, uh, your so-called value stocks, which did quite well and made a strong comeback. Uh, yeah. You know, financial stocks made a huge comeback after the bottom in 2002 and uh, ultimately peaked in 2007. So there, there were sectors that did extremely well. Um, but if you look at the 100, 120-year period of the market, you know, there are long periods which are your serious bear markets, and this was one, 2000 to 2007, early 2017, the NASDAQ was just sideways. Yeah. But what, what that other thing that speaks to is, you know, when you're looking at a, a, a portfolio, you know, having, you know, so properly diversified, you know, not constantly, you look at uh, post uh, 9-11, um, yes, the market as a whole went down. Some things went down and stayed down, never came. You look right. at airlines. Um, and so if somebody was concentrated in airlines or the tech bubble concentrated in tech, um, that's why you have to be careful of, you know, we, we talk about being long-term investors, but there's a difference between being a long-term investor and being a long-term investor that watches the investments. You know, you, you have to continuously monitor what you're in, um, and you need to be diversified. Uh, if you're overly concentrated, something out of the blue can take your portfolio down. You know, down. what I find <clears throat> strange to me is that Warren Buffett really lost a lot of money with uh, U.S. Air many, many years ago. And then he goes back and decides that the airlines are now different and what, four or five years, six years ago, he starts buying Delta because of the massive amount of cash flow. What he didn't realize is that these things get affected by stuff that you never saw coming. Right. You yeah. know, and, and, and so it doesn't matter how much money they're making when times are good. They could be making $15 a share. That can go to 15 cents, you know, like real quick. Or yeah. $15 loss. Yeah, year. yeah, when you when you have uh, something like the pandemic. And, you know, he, he just couldn't resist himself. <laughs> Could not resist. 
Well, I, I think uh, interesting. Um, so I was discussing some SPAC stuff with Mike, but I, I found a correlation here. In, you couldn't in talk a, to Adarsh because he'd been gone. Uh, yeah. In a, <laughs> you used to start off. You, well, I was you, talking to Adarsh. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, that uh, used, to be, used to be how you started every one of your statements. They, they, well, I was talking to Adarsh. That gave him credibility. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that, exactly. Makes, that makes it a credible That's what statement. what it was. <laughs> I ain't no dummy. But um, the, the, <laughs> y'all got me frazzled now. Uh, uh, you're all frazzled for sure. So, yeah. You were talking about like the dot com bubble and everything, and and how the proper diversification comes into play, and when you look at like small small cap huh. growth names and and large cap and why you want to be diversified, it's a lot like I'm gonna speak to farmers out here. It's a lot like a calf cow operation. Yeah, you talk about you've got to monitor your investments. Well, your investments are the the calves coming out of the the cows because you're you're trying to raise them, fatten them up. Yeah. and eventually sell them off what's interesting is is there are when you when you build out a risk spectrum and it's the same thing with with an investment if it's a small company a calf you've got a risk of sickness you've got a risk of predators you got all sorts of different risks and then as that thing ages and this is why you need that diversification as as that calf ages into a cow well risks slowly start to fall off you still have risks involved but you're monitoring less things necessarily where you know it's a profitable company um instead of a company that's trying to get to cash flow break even status and, and things of that nature um you know and i think that that's where proper diversification comes into play where you know you want those things that are that are going to continue to show growth for you but you also need to balance it out and have things that are going to have a much lower risk profile associated with it. Right. And if, if you're concentrated in one holding or one sector, sectors can go a long time right. and not do anything or go down for a long time. You know, it's just, it's a cyclical nature of, you know, some of these businesses. And so you need to have exposure to different assets, um, value, income. You know the the different the different parts of uh, the economy. You know, be it cyclicals or you know food, whatever. You need to have these different areas. As and when you're getting exposure to these areas, you don't just blindly buy. You're looking at the valuations at that time too. Um, and so you can, a, a portfolio is a dynamic thing. It, it's, it's, it's kind of a living, breathing thing as dynamics change. Well, you might sell some from one area, you know, you then you see an air, another area that's, that's cheaper or more attractive or, and especially from a risk adjusted standpoint. <clears throat> so it, it's, yeah. it's this living, breathing thing that changes as dynamics change in your life as the investor or in the just the the financial markets or in the economy yeah i you know a portfolio <clears throat> what, what does it really take to make a dynamic portfolio no more than eight or ten stocks maybe yeah. people think they need to own 30 40 names not always right you, know, you can you can own quite a quite less than that and uh <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, you can, uh, do these things and, 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 and be somewhat diversified and, you know, uh, we've got to get a webcam in here so people know what we're laughing about. Yeah. Anyway, these people seem to think I'm a good thing to take a picture of, but, uh, you know, uh, my, my thought is that I think you should be interested in the things you own. Yeah. And there's a lot of companies that I find totally uninteresting. Now, they can still be boring companies and be interesting because they make money and they have an, a business that seems to produce income on a regular basis. Um, sometimes they can be very interesting 
and not be very profitable. That's right. So you, you, but you should be interested in them because of the nature of the business and the fact that it is profitable. In other words, you should make yourself interested in profitable businesses if you can, because to me, it's interesting how they create, uh, a service or a good that has utility that people are willing to pay for. And that has staying power that, that people can, are willing to pay for, can for keep going long periods of time. I mean, I'm a, I'm just going to throw a plug out here. You look across the street over here, gray construction. They're not a publicly traded company, but boy, you talk about how they've reinvented themselves probably more than once in order to continue to be relevant in building stuff that they are not building today, the kind of stuff they started out building, but they're highly resilient. And if they were a public company, if they were that big, my thing, my thought is they would get a pretty nice premium to the market because of the fact uh, that they, you know, tend to get really good jobs. There are companies like that around there. A lot of them are not publicly traded. So, you know, we, we, we kind of are looking at ways to maybe potentially find ways to invest in things that are private as, as we go down the road also, because I just think, you know, you can be somewhat a victim to the vicissitudes of the market and not even know what's going on like Warren Buffett and the airlines. So McDonald's is hiring. The crew could use someone like you. If you're someone who enjoys career advancement and assistance while making lifelong friendships, someone who enjoys competitive pay and pay time off while making human connections, someone who enjoys flexible hours while making a difference, or someone who enjoys employee discounts while learning valuable life skills, McDonald's is for you. Text apply to 36453. Switching to GEICO is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, GEICO makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to GEICO, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea. I love it. Gonna tune up again. Let's see. I, here. I thought he. Well, there he is. We're gonna go to a break. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group. We'll be back with just a few minutes with more of the Tom Dupree Show. And I like to sleep late on Sunday, and nobody knows me. Like my baby. September 11, hijacked aircraft headed towards New York. 20 years later, the war in Afghanistan is over. Now, let us more than ever never forget. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree at Dupree Financial Group. If you ask most people, they will say the most valuable thing in the economy is money. In fact, it's so valuable that our Federal Reserve has printed an unlimited supply of it. Because as we all know, money is what makes the world go around. However, over time, it seems that it takes more than the promise of big money to actually motivate people to work. If it were only about money, all the jobs out there going begging for workers would be filled tomorrow. It seems like it takes more than money to get people to begin to think, to begin to act. 
or a free review of your retirement investment account, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. And be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturday mornings at News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com and Louisville's Talk Radio 1080 WKJK and WKJK.com. 20 years ago, we knew our world would never be the same. We vowed to never forget, and we never will. We've learned that 20 years can pass in the blink of an eye. We should never miss the opportunity to give a loved one, a friend, a neighbor, or maybe even just someone having a bad day an extra long hug. Let's just take a moment to reflect and remember September 11th, 2001. And then imagine what our world will be like in another 20 years. Are you 65 or older and haven't had a colonoscopy? Join a colon cancer screening study and you could earn up to $575. I'll screen. It's a study for a non-invasive way to screen for colon cancer from home. By joining, you can help advance the science of screening. I'll screen too. You'll just need to provide a stool sample and a colonoscopy will be done through your own insurance. Enroll now and screen to help create a better future for all. I'll screen. I'll screen. Let's, Let's all, all screen, screen for, for colon, colon cancer. cancer. Visit ScreeningStudy.com to sign up or learn more. That's ScreeningStudy.com. New surveys show that Americans don't think vaccines are enough to protect themselves and others from COVID-19. 80% want thermometers used in public places to screen for COVID-19. 36% know that non-contact devices are inaccurate. And 60% would not recommend that friends or family members enter places that screen with them. To be safe, use Exergen at home, at work, and in public. It's the only thermometer proven accurate by more than 100 published clinical studies. Learn more at exergen.com. Our weekend is off and running with absolutely gorgeous weather. This trend is going to take us into early next week as well. Thermometers on this Saturday afternoon making a run at 80. Low humidity out there. Soak it up. A pleasant Saturday evening. Overnight lows around 60. Then the forecast on your Sunday. You're talking 80 to 85 with a mix of sun and clouds. Similar setup as we go into Monday. Make it a great weekend. From the WKYT First Alert Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Chris Bailey. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the Red State Barbecue Studios. This is News Radio 630 WLAP. Guys, Untuck It Agrees, it's finally time. Time to update our closets with new clothes we actually want to wear. Time to think about going back to the office or choosing a new way to work. Time to enjoy the best of fall, like long walks in the park and hot coffee on a brisk day. And that means it's time to look sharp and feel comfortable all day with Untuck It. Shirts designed to be worn, Untuck. Discover the perfect fitting shirt today at UntuckIt.com. Use promo code TIME for 20% off your first purchase at UntuckIt.com. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree. I've been in the investment business for 42 years. In this business, you observe human nature closely, and if you really observe, you might learn something. One thing I've learned is that when everybody is telling you something, it's usually wrong. Truth typically speaks in a small voice that requires effort and discernment to recognize. This is as true in the investment business as it is in life. Advice dispensed loudly and in a pushy way is usually being given with an ulterior motive, not one that is designed to benefit the hearer. For a free review of your retirement investment portfolio, call the Prefinancial Group at 859-233-0400 or look at deprefinancial.com. And be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturday mornings on News Radio 630 WLAP and Louisville's Talk Radio 1080 WKJK. 630 WLAP. This old porch is like a, a big old red and white perfect boy Standing under a mesquite tree Hiding all what does say And he just keeps on playing hide and seek With that hot August sun and Just a sweating and a pen Cause his work is never done and This old porch is like a, a steaming grease They play the enchiladas with lots of cheese and onions 
Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show for the second half of the second hour. Joining us, Sadarsh Meshru, Philip Sexton, Mike Johnson, and our host, Tom Dupree. Steaming plate of enchiladas with onion and a guacamole salad. Did you hear that? Sounds like it's right up your alley. Well, I, I tell you, we were in Houston just now. and Fresh off the plane. Yeah, there, let me just say this. There is no food in Houston like what you get in, say, Mexico City. What they call Mexican food is northern Mexico. That's what it is. It's not what you get in the bigger cities. It's just not. So they've marketed this one little segment and made it. The fajitas, that's not even Mexican. Those were invented in the U.S. It's called Tex-Mex. Yeah, it's Tex is what it is. All right. Saving too aggressively for tomorrow can come at the level of expense of living your life today. Okay. I had this guy come in here one time, and uh, he was probably maybe 35. He was really kind of upset. And I said, you know, sit down, son. What's what's going on? Or Mr. or whatever I called him. He said, I'm really concerned about how much I've got saved for retirement. About 35 years old. I'm going, Really? And he, he starts pulling out that he had all the numbers and everything. He 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 just was doing all this stuff and and I finally looked at him and I said, Get a life. <laughs> go out and go broke. <laughs> then start I mean, do something. Don't don't sit around when you're thirty five years old worrying about how you're gonna retire. Are you kidding me? Go do something, you know, and, and it was, I, I don't know that he handled that very well, but you know, I, I felt good about myself, <laughs> you know, after it was over with, I mean, so I got something out of it, but I, I, it was like this person was so obsessed with this and this fire BS. I, I the more I hear about it, the more I think it's just stupid i mean you know 30 years old and you freaking quit oh you got two million dollars in the bank and it's all in the s p 500 oh my god it could go down 65 percent. then you've forgotten how to work you know what what who thinks of these things i mean why why do they think that's a, a smart thing I, because it, they think it's all about money and right. having money when really your life consists of the things that you do, the people that you know, the stuff, and however money you ha have or don't have <clears throat> is an outgrowth of that. You get what you need when you need it. But this idea that I'm going to have $2 million and then I don't have to do nothing anymore, that's just dumber than hell. I mean, I. Tell me I'm wrong. I mean, you know, argue with me. I don't care. It's there. There's different, uh, if you want to call it phases or groups of the fire movement. And some of them are the, I want to retire at literally retire at 30, 35 yeah. and not do anything. And, you know, they usually that group, you know, they're, they're saving 70% of their income. Um, and, what what they forego in their quality of life, you're now starting to see some backlash, and that's what this article is talking yeah, about. Absolutely, um, it's a, a girl that started doing that. She was putting back seventy percent, and she's talking about all the stress that it, it that she put on herself, unnecessary stress. She was unhappy in her job. She hated her job, and so she thought, well. I'll, if I save $2 million by age 35, I can retire. Here's what happened with her. She changed jobs. She loves her job now. 
And so now all of her priorities have changed. And so she's looking yeah. back on it saying, well, I'm glad she found a job she likes. Yeah. And, and, and that's a good thing. And, and that's, that's the, that's the thing. It's the idea of saving, uh, it, the fire movement can take it to the extreme. Um, I actually had, had this conversation with a client uh, the other day, um, her and her husband, you know, younger couple, and, um, they, they have saved, you know, and they've done a really, they've done a phenomenal job, but she was kind of in this camp where she was putting all of this pressure on herself and their life situation has changed. And she was looking back and saying, you know, was that a good idea or where should we adjust our life now? You know, we, we want to be able to do some things now. Um, so I, I like some of the principles of fire, which is you, you are creating security for yourself. You're, you're creating flexibility. How is that security? Uh, it's, it's, yeah, you you're saving money. That's true. Yeah. But what kind of cash flow are you building? You're going to quit your job. So you're going to have a pile of cash and no cash. Flow. Well, and that, and that's the, that's the thing that, so the other groups, some of them, uh, it, it talks about, uh, the tech industry. And so some people that are, you know, in that industry and they're working, making a bunch of money, right? Making now. a bunch of money right now, but it's not a sustainable lifestyle because of the hours and uh, all that's going. So they're burning the candle at both ends. So they're adhering to this, saving, you know, a, a lot of money so that they can change careers. Uh, so they don't stop working. They change careers. Okay. We know some people from, the industrial yeah. arena, nearby places that are on a little longer thing than that because they do take some abuse in the job that they're in right now. And then they know they're going to work so long. I know that there's, uh, you got police and firemen, you know, who tend to try to retire after 20 years, which seems nutty to me, but they do. And, um, you know, you, you've got these things going on. I don't ever want to work a minute in a job that I hate. Right. You know, to hell with that. I mean, if, if, if I just don't, my life is too precious. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't have time to do a job I hate because I'm banking on something happening later on that may not happen. And I've sat there and tortured myself for the money. That's just a bad philosophy to me. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm sorry. I, I just, I don't agree with it. Yeah. Now, could I get used to certain things? Absolutely. I have gotten used to things that I thought I didn't like. Hey, fall means family farm fun and Bywater Farms Autumn Fest is back. Check out the new attractions like the Big Country Coaster, our Jump Zone, Jumping Pillows, and Rosie's Ponies. Or visit some favorites like the Pumpkin Canyon, the Five Acre Corn Maze, and the Spooky Farmhouse. Hay rides are included for everyone with tickets. And while you're here, get some homemade fudge, fried apple pies, and apple cider donuts. It's all there at Autumn Fest, now through October 31st at Bywater Farm in Georgetown. For more info, go to www.bywaterfarm.com. Like dealing with you all. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's, it's always fun. Uh, what are you laughing about? Just that grin, it's just like a, such a slow grin when it comes like, you're like, it's like uh, the Grinch when he, when he does yeah. that grin. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> a good comparison. Um, no, I mean, there are things that are hard, you know, and they're not easy every day, Yeah, but you do learn things about dealing with them that sort of gives you an identity. And then, you know, I mean. If you're screwing a hole or a, a screw into a hole or a bolt in a place, in a, and that's what you're doing. Of course, they at these factory jobs, they move you around. They don't want you doing the same thing all the time. You get to see different things every now and then. And that's a good thing. Right. That's a good thing. The, the other thing that I like about it is it, it's applying financial principles at a young age. And so you, you – most of the, the uh, our listeners, you know, familiar with compounding and, you know, the, the allowing time to do the heavy lifting. And, you know, if you start at age 25, putting back X amount, 
to accumulate the same amount at age 62. If you start at age 35, you know, it's twice as much money you have to put back. So the principles that some of these people are employing, even if they don't stick with the plan in terms of I'm going to retire at 35 or 40 or whatever it is, they have the mechanics in place where they've built up X amount and, and it's been compounding for 10 years and they can let that continue. So the total contributions out of pocket for when they get to age 62 or whenever it is they, they want to change careers, do something else that they haven't had to go out of pocket as much to afford that. So I, I like the principles of fire. Here's the thing. You spent 30, you, you, you've worked for 30 plus or however long you've worked and you're going to stop. Now you're going to spend money. Are you going to change your spending patterns? People get spending habits and they kind of have a hard time changing them. And you haven't been spending any money on anything much, but you've kind of gotten used to it. Right. You know, what's going to happen now? How, how are you going to live now? that you have this lump sum that you don't know if you're keeping it invested in stocks, you got this trajectory because it's going to be need to worth more in 20 years than it is now. Cause you're 30 or 40 years old or whatever. You might live to be 90. You're talking sure. about a pot of money. You're going to live off for 50 years. Sure. You're crazy. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're, you're nuts. I, I, I don't agree. With, I, agree I don't with care you. if it's $10 million. You're nuts. I agree with you. Uh, if you're trying to live off of that money and stretch it out for 50 years it's rather just, than 20 years. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do like it from the sense of there, there's, there's the discipline. I agree with the discipline part. Implementing the you know sound financial principles. I think, and it gives them flexibility. I think what you're really trying to say is, is you like the F-I in fire. It's just fi. You know, because it's the, it, it, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. The, it's the principle of saving and, and delaying gratification yeah. or something. I don't have a problem with that. You know, it, it, because, so this last part of this article and it's, it's, uh, we see people that die way too soon or get some serious illness that totally changes the trajectory of their lives. McClanahan says McClanahan wants people to save enough to live comfortably after they retire but also to start working on their bucket list of experiences long before they quit work. You know, I think that right there should be Absolutely. something that you should shoot for. Yeah, I agree with that. But you have experiences as you go along. Sometimes you have an experience that you didn't plan on having. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll give you an example. Uh, I had to go somewhere, trying to remember where it was, but I ended up going to, it, it was up in eastern Kentucky, so I got off the road. Went over to uh, Miguel's Pizza. Now, that's gotten to be big time. Yeah. And I got, you know, some pizza, and I sat there and had it. It was pretty good. Then I came back, and there's this place that used to be just this little dumpy deal going back towards the Mountain Parkway. It's this kind of coffee shop now. And it doesn't look that great from the outside. Walked inside, I felt like I was in Aspen or, or Vail or somewhere. It, or somewhere up in Colorado. It, it was just amazing. And there were people there from everywhere. Now, that was a little experience that I had because I was doing something related to work. It was an unplanned thing. But... I just, you know, you, you, you run into these things. I mean, Jack, you know, both Jacks, the one you know, that we've had <laughs> yeah, yeah. and the other one that comes in yeah. and wants to talk to me. <laughs> I, I mean, if you weren't working, how would you know about those people, you know? And, and that, you know, you, you say you're going to handpick all your experiences that you have. But some of my most interesting experiences, I got them in the process of doing something else. I didn't sign up for them. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Just let life hit you instead. Exactly. Of hmm. Exactly. I mean, so I, I don't know. It's just 
to me, the whole thing just is stupid. But anyway, I, I mean, that's just me. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want to argue with anybody about it. I just know I'm right. But uh, anyway, um, you want to go to Jason's week? Let's go. Right. Uh, what you lost in this bull market. Investors who no longer fear the bets could explode are seeking out risks they don't have to take. One of the most valuable assets erased by this bull market is this distinction between risk-taking and risk seeking. All right. I, you know, I know what he's saying. So jump in guys. You can almost sum up what he's saying with this, this one example, uh, that he uses at the end. Um, so stocks are up roughly 22% in 2021. Um, if your target was a conservative 50-50 yeah. mix of stocks and bonds, right? the bull market has probably bumped you into a 55% stock exactly. and 45% bonds. Or higher. And you've, you, So without taking any action, you're taking on extra risk. Yes. There's, and, and that's just because stocks have gone up and increased your stock exposure, so you have more potential risk there now. You look at... You know, AMC, GameStop, Bitcoin, all these these more speculative things that we've talked about. When are we going to so, buy that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> what is today? Yeah. Um, you, you look at these different things that people have taken part in. Right. And, you know, it, it is a form of speculation. Um, when you're – these are – these are things that people have decided to take. There are, two, there are different types of risk. So you have involuntary risk. So that's more interest rate, inflation driven. You know, if you have a bond and you have, you know, you're getting 2% and inflation's running 3%, you know, it's a negative real return. Well, that's involuntary risk. You can't get away from some of these risks. You know, if you can have it in cash and you still are exposed to that risk, Voluntary risk is saying, I'm going to buy this stock or this asset and hope that it goes up. Um, and a lot, you're seeing more and more of that because it is, it's, it's complacency that's setting in. If you think back in March of 2020, and if you're, if you're really honest with yourself and try to remember how scared you were at, at that time in March of 2020, you know, just, it, but you, people can't do that. You know, you look back with rose colored glasses. Well, you know, it, know. it, well, no, I'm just saying in, in general, you know, when, when you look back at times like that, I was scared to death. I mean, I, 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 I started working with you, Tom, in 2006, right before the financial crisis. I still remember the feeling working. Well, I, I was here, I was coming in the office. I remember the feeling that in the pit of your stomach yeah. during the financial crisis, it was the exact same feeling in March of 2020. Y you never forget it, but you no, look you at, don't. you look at actions that people are taking right now. And it's, you know, how quickly we forget how, why, how fast things can Why change. do you think people do that? Why, why do you think they forget that? You've studied the psychology of markets and things. Why do they forget that so quickly? I, I think it's because, um, you know, it, it's convenient to forget it. Um, and uh, dwelling on that is painful to the brain. So, uh, you know, the, the brain is, you know, looking for uh, experiences which w would be more, I guess, pleasurable. Um, and, uh, you know, when... When you make money in the market, you know, there are different, uh, you know, chemicals that go off in your brain versus vice versa. So I think it's also a defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so people know in theory that, you know, the market can always go down, but uh, there is uh, a denial about it when things are going well. And then sure enough, there'll come a time when the market goes down again. And, uh, you know, that's when... Uh, you know, the same story will repeat. So if that weren't the case, if the market wasn't driven by emotions, then we wouldn't really have a market because everything would be completely 
efficiently priced and yeah, there would be right. no reason for anyone to make a trade at that point apart from just regularly uh so it's the same instinct you know that keeps that makes people go to the casino or um uh you know in, indulge in other uh, i guess risky activities yeah i think to that point you know you you think of people that have traumatic events happen in their life and how they can't recall things from that event because their mind just takes it and somehow throws it way in the back um you know it, it's it it is your mind's defense mechanism because you can't if if you lived in negativity the entire um or in in that experience yeah if you were locked into that experience it, w- it would eat you up and it would shorten your lifespan very very quickly it would so, so long as I run the cat, i'm into pleasure <laughs> oh, not, not pain all right, that's a wrap for this week. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Adarsh Meshru, Philip Sexton, Mike Johnson, and our host, Tom Dupree. If you'd like to send us a question for us to answer on the air, you can send it to info at dupreefinancial.com or go to the homepage of our website, dupreefinancial.com, and there is a message tab. You can send us a message. We appreciate you listening. We're powered by Dupree Financial Group. And we will talk to you next week. And remembering the coming back and not crying about believing. And remembering the falling down and the laughter of the curse of luck from all of those passers-by who said we'd never get back. Tonight. and the Cats begin SEC play under the lights at Kroger Field, Missouri Tigers, and your Kentucky Wildcats. The Kentucky Select Chevy Dealers KSR Tailgate Show kicks off at 3.30 right here on the home of the Cats, 6.30 WLAD. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree at Dupree Financial Group. If you ask most people, they will say the most valuable thing in the economy is money. In fact, it's so valuable that our Federal Reserve has printed an unlimited supply of it. Because as we all know, money is what makes the world go around. However, over time, it seems that it takes more than the promise of big money to actually motivate people to work. If it were only about money, all the jobs out there going begging for workers would be filled tomorrow. It seems like it takes more than money to get people to begin to think, to begin to act. For a free review of your retirement investment account, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. And be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturday mornings at News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com and Louisville's Talk Radio 1080 WKJK and WKJK.com. Hey, fall means family farm fun, and Bywater Farms Autumn Fest is back. Check out the new attractions like the Big Country Coaster, our Jump Zone, Jumping Pillows, and Rosie's Ponies. Or visit some favorites like the Pumpkin Canyon, the Five Acre Corn Maze, and the Spooky Farmhouse. Hay rides are included for everyone with tickets. And while you're here, get some homemade fudge, fried apple pies, and apple cider donuts. It's all there at Autumn Fest, now through October 31st at Bywater Farm in Georgetown. For more info, go to www.bywaterfarm.com.